Hey, this is Diana, the Bard of Hudson. What the heck does that mean? A bard is just a storyteller. So here I am to share stories with you. What was it like growing up in the 60s and 70s? Did I really meet Bob Marley on an airplane? I hope you enjoy listening to my crazy life and that it inspires you to share your stories in some way. One great way to share your thoughts with me is through my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard. There you can see the photos and written materials that enrich my stories with visuals. Please check it out. And wherever you're listening, please rate and review and share the podcast. I'd love to hear what you think. At the end of the day, human connection is all we have. Enjoy. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you for being here. I'm still here in the land of mythology in Greece and Crete and the sun is shining and the cats are gathering in the square and I'm getting ready to go off to a pottery workshop. We had a two-part pottery workshop and in the first part last week we got to make pots and build them up or little statues or whatever it is that we felt like making. You know there was a bit of a lesson and then we all just sat in community with some music playing building pots. And I haven't done that in so long, like probably 30 years. And I rediscovered that how much I love that. I love pottery. So I'm going to have to do it again when I go back home, find a place to do that because it's soothing. It is meditative and I love it so much. So today we are going to glaze the pots that we made and you know, we have the opportunity to take one home if we want. I don't know. I, I might leave them for the next inhabitants or whatever of my little cottage because I've enjoyed using, there's a couple of homemade pots here left by other people. And so I may leave that. There's this crazy drink that they serve us sometimes at night called Rocky. And it is, I think I talked about this before, it's very harsh and really rough, but they serve it from a tiny little carafe with tiny little glasses. So I actually made a rocky set as my first attempt to construct something. So it's a little pitcher and these tiny little coiled glasses. We'll see how they turn out, whether they actually hold liquid or not. And then I ended up finding things from the outside, like plants and flowers and stuff and pressing them into the clay and creating vases and yeah, I just had such a good time. So I'm looking forward to that this afternoon. That is what my afternoon holds. And I have been at this computer recording many, many episodes because I'm hoping to get through these last two journals that I brought with me and then send them home in a box full of blessings so that I make sure that they get there. I hope they will get there. But it really doesn't matter if it, it takes them a month or two months to even get there because I won't be there. So that's fine. That's fine. I'm going to trust that the universe will take care of them. And if not, I have them here in oral form and that's okay too. So I am at July of 1999 and we had gone to Italy because in those days we went for as long as we could, me and the kids at least, because that was the tradition that I remembered from childhood. And so in my mind, it was like, well, of course, we're going to Italy for the summer. I wanted my kids to learn Italian and I wanted them to learn to love the place that I loved so much as a child too. All of the foliage and the vegetation, the gardens, the people, the sound of the language, the foods. I wanted them to incorporate that into their lives. So 
after all of that upheaval in Charlotte, Dave and I were still not sure where we were going with what our move was going to entail. I had said that after Italy, I was going to stay in New York and look for some place to live. And he had said that after Italy, he was going to go back to Charlotte and stay with the house until it sold. And I think that this was a big decision that kind of happened out of those choices that made a path from which there was no return because we spent a lot of time apart that summer and it allowed me to discover that apart is what I wanted to be. So first when he said, you're going to Italy, should I come? My very first impulse was, of course, of course. But this is what I wrote. July 9th, 1999. The stagnancy is not with my brain, but with my heart. Every day that Dave has been here in Boyasco has been more and more painful for me. Yesterday, I actually broke down and cried at the sea. I was just exhausted and overwhelmed. I guess it was a mistake to tell him to come. At the time, it was one of those altruistic impulses. Oh yes, I think you should come to Italy. But in my mind, I hesitated and I knew that I would regret it. It felt like sacrifice. I'm fucking sick of sacrifice. It is an impulse I need to learn to kill. So now I'm just trying to make it to Tuesday when he leaves. Each night I get into bed hoping for nothing. And the anxiety builds as I attempt to hide in my book. Then later that night I wrote, the atmosphere is positively laden with morosity. I try to share a little light, friendly conversation with Dave, but that will not do, apparently. With all that I've said about my feelings about sex, it still seems that only body-to-body contact is what Dave is looking for. The more I shrink away from it, the more he becomes frustrated, even though he knows how I feel. We can't be friends. It's not enough for him, and it's all there is for me right now. I have no clue how to fix this, except what seems inevitable and disastrous. I am miserable right now. This is not a vacation. We've been at the sea for two hours now, and for all that time, he has sat on a pillow and stared at the sea or looked at the ground and picked at his toes and his fingernails. His mood spreads like a rank cloud and everyone's spirits are dampened. I can't take it anymore. I want to scream. July 10th. Dave's gone off on a boat ride with Aunt Meanie, Laura, Louisa, and Dakota. What a relief. A little quiet time to myself. Savannah and my brother are snorkeling, so I took the blessed opportunity and escaped to a quiet spot. It is Saturday, and the boats are gathering for another typical Riviera weekend. The cove fills up with so many small crafts, it looks like a large stew. I slept with Dakota last night, and I finally slept well for the first time in a long while. Even Laura remarked that I seemed in better spirits, but she said that Dave and I needed to talk before he leaves. I know we do, but when? That talk, when and wherever it happens, will rob me of a day of peace and happiness. It's not going to be good, and it's hard to rejoin the group with any lightheartedness afterwards, but I guess it's inevitable. It just feels like work, and I just keep wanting to scream like Billy Crystal in City Slickers, I'm on vacation. So what am I going to say? 
that I, for one, have had no revelations, that I don't have any new solutions, that I have not made any progress in my journey away from the dark side. That's something I really resent. The feeling I get from Dave that he thinks I'm just lost somehow and that I will eventually return to my senses. As though I'm in a zone of temporary insanity. What if I have finally become sane? What if my revelations lead me to realize that this is where I want to be? By myself. July 29th. My month of escapism draws to a rapid end. Time to pull myself up and face the music. I have been totally ignoring reality and chasing all thoughts of it away from my mind with books and boat rides and dancing and bocce and wonderful meals. But Laura's departure really brought it home that real life is out there waiting. I even saw my brother making one of his long to-do lists in anticipation of returning to New York City. Laura's last night was painful and intense. Unfortunately, her ticket to leave was made for the day after mom's birthday, so that her last day was full of extra guests and lots of hubbub. They were all the friends of moms and Johnny's from their childhood. It's a lovely way to celebrate with a big picnic, but this time I wanted it to be over, and I wanted to get on to a swim and some more intimate moments with her. So then we returned to New York, and the kids and I were living in my mom's house temporarily as we tried to figure out where we would settle in time for the school year. Before we left for Charlotte, Savannah had been in the same classroom as Bree, even though she was six months younger, because she had taken a test to skip a grade so that she and Bree could be in the same grade. So they had been in the same second grade classroom in the public school with Mrs. Stern as a teacher. And then when we went to Charlotte, Savannah decided that she would like to go back and be in her regular grade because she felt like the work was going to be too hard going forward. So when we returned to New York, Savannah was no longer going to be in Bree's grade, which didn't matter anyway because Bree was going to go to a private school and Savannah was going to go to public school. So that was fine. But we still needed to find a place to live. And one day when we were sitting in my mom's kitchen, an artist from up the hill, from where my mom lives, named Grace, came through just to say hello. And she said, oh, by the way, Christina, my cottage is going to be for rent. In case you know of anyone who needs some place to live, can you please pass the word? And I jumped right up immediately. Grace, I need some place to live. Can I look at your cottage? And so we went up to look at the cottage and the cottage turned out to be everything that I had manifested in that dream of where I wanted to be. It was a cute little house with a front porch and a big open living space room with a fireplace, an enormous yard because it shared a yard with Grace's house and this other studio and another small cottage where another couple lived with their young daughter. And it was quiet and the birds sang, and there was so much nature all around. And I thought, my God, this is exactly what I dreamed of. The only downside was that the upstairs was only two bedrooms and a bathroom. So if we chose this place, it would be me and Dave living together with Savannah and Dakota in their own bedroom with two twin beds. Nevertheless, I snapped it up and we decided to rent it. It was exciting and it was also a threshold that I knew, oh my God, if we go here, 
this is not going to work for us as a family because I cannot get enough space from my husband. So in a way, it was making a decision without verbally making that decision for the whole world. But I knew what I wanted. And with this choice of housing, I was choosing it. Ooh, big changes. I'll tell you more next time. Scary and exciting and inevitable. See you then. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on Instagram at Diana the Bard or on Facebook at Diana Green. And check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard for photos and other fun additions. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you're listening. It makes a world of difference and helps others to find the show. I'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye.